And now, the conclusion of Season 2 of Trailblazers. President Catan is standing before you. He materialized out of thin air. He just acknowledged your presence. What do you, what do you guys say? Yeah, just doing our jobs. I mean, he gave us the title. We gotta live up to it. And how well you certainly have done. You've thrown my men for a loop. Can't wait to see what happens when this whole thing fails. Oh, I have planned far too long for it to fail. You are but six versus an army, and we have a god on our side. Who do you have? A goddess. Which god do you think uh, bolsters you? Surely you have not come this far and not heard the name Baphomet. Kentaro says, this is really entertaining and all that, but we really are on a time crunch. And I don't know how stupid you are, actually, because I don't have that much experience with you. But surely you don't think you can change our minds with a lot of talk. You lost opportunity to be heard after about nine different dreadful things you did to us. Talk you out of it. Stop you. My dear boy, I'm afraid you've got it all wrong. I didn't come here to stop you. I just wanted to say thank you. I couldn't have planned it to have gone any worse myself. And he dematerializes and disappears. Hannibal sort of ushers you guys on. He's like, we have no time to waste. I look back at Baron, though, and I'm like, as someone who likes to talk a lot, too, uh, what do you think he means? Baphomet's the god of destruction. And if you worship destruction, you claim that you always win. He is also the god of chaos. And if there's anything that you people are very, very good at, is making chaos for anyone who tries to make a plan. I was really hoping Alarak was going to blow him up with a rocket while he was talking to us. That would have been great, Tara <laughs> says. That would have been top-notch. Seems pretty confident for a guy who has everything being attacked, his palace, his towers. Can't wait to take the smug off of that guy's face. I can't believe I looked up to him at one point. You looked up to him? Of course I did. The, the president of all of Kadesh? The leader? Nah, I never did. His hair. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just jealousy. Let's put that aside. It's unnatural. You guys head through the door. You're greeted by light. Still, strangely, the sun, it seems it has not even moved from its point in the sky, shining onto you. You are now much closer to these. And you notice as much as there's like vertebrates and things coming near you, nothing. there's no vertebrates seeming to be sort of within the boundaries of these towers, within the radius of these of these towers, for whatever reason. And there is this long cable pretty much reaching from the top of one of these outer towers in this ring down to the ground near you. And you guys head over and it's it's a funicular. It's it's sort of like a diagonal elevator. As we get closer to, the, to these towers, are they putting out like energy? Is there like a buzz or a hum or anything? No, it's awkwardly silent. Interesting. And so you guys, the other Hannibal kind of like looks at the controls of the funicular. All right, everyone aboard. We get to the top of this tower. From there, we transfer to the center one, and that's where we set the explosives. I wish this thing wasn't open. I wish everything we walked through wasn't open. Then again, the last thing that we was covered, we got attacked by Dark Trooper, so why don't we count our blessings? Then he hits a couple buttons and pulls a lever, and the whole thing kind of shakes. And then it begins to go sort of slowly up. Not anywhere near the speed you would like it to go. Kentaro, would you like to do that thing again where you make it go faster? And Kentaro goes over and goes, it doesn't go faster. Well, great. And an animal kind of turns around to see all the vertebrates heading to you. So we should get ready. So there's like no cover on this thing. Why don't we say there's a, a few pieces of like cargo that was set to go up at some point. Kind of like almost like tractor trailer size. There's a couple of those. Let's set up what we can. Get ready. Hope gets in the middle, sort of wanting to be able to target whatever she can from range. She doesn't want to be caught in melee. Baron's actually going to be right next to Hope. I'm going to be next to Landris. I'm going to be toward the uh, the back, like toward the slope. Okay. Towards the thing that's facing the tower, essentially. Yes. Going up front. Up front? 
Yep. That's everyone's position. Hannibal's at the controls. Kentaro, what's Kentaro doing? I guess he's near me. Okay. So, Vic, you're the one that summoned her. What if they could do the same thing, but for one of the other ones? Is there anything we could do against that? You hear Baron say, um, I have met Baphomet once before in my life. We must pray that we do not meet him. Well, they never taught us how to pray in school. He kind of uh, looks at the sky and he goes, If what happened to Iomade is any sort of tell, he won't be around for long. Unfortunately, Baphomet has received much more worship than Iomade and would be exceedingly more powerful. And here, Katargo, I don't know what could be conceivably more powerful than lasers from the sun. Hope says, I don't think you'll have to worry about that. Unless this guy's a complete idiot when it comes to tactics. He's bringing everything he can bear to protect himself. I know people, I know men, and that's what men do. They'll sacrifice their dreams for their lives. His most powerful things are at the palace, and that's why we didn't see Alarak killing him. I don't know, that guy's set to die any day now. He probably doesn't care. The least of the rewards gods have given their servants is extended lives. If we survive this, remind me to tell you about liches. I mean, I'm also going to hide, I guess. Hopefully I can get a surprise round. Sort of trying to blending into the shadows casted by these things. Well, what would this be considered terrain-wise? Oh, I don't know. I forget the terrains I've given you. Streets, venues, underground, water, indoors, tram. Tram. As you are going up, eventually these vertebrates get to you. And as it's more and more into focus, there are two vertebrates which are very, very close together. And there seems to be something dangling in between them. And as they get closer and closer to you, it's this sort of pill bug looking machine. And these two vertebrates fly over to you and they release it. It drops into the center of the tram. It sort of unfolds, four legs pop out to stabilize it and two guns pop out from the side. And it's these two huge sort of like quadruple cannons, double on each side. You can see boom, this blue force field appears, a visible force field you can see. And this thing is huge and it points at you, Victor, and then points its guns down and fires a huge barrage at the funicular and it sort of shakes a little bit. You hear Hannibal say, he's trying to take down the funicular, not us. We have to stop it. And at that same time, other vertebrates come and drop off enemies. Why don't we everybody roll your initiatives? 14. Landris got 26. Kintaro got 15. Emblazoned, printed on the on this giant machine, it says Reaver Mach 1. The vertebrates drop off two slender soldiers and fly away. That's all they drop off, interestingly enough. So this machine has just shot this funicular, and there's a huge hole in the funicular now. It's obviously trying to stop you guys from getting up there. Lanris, it's your turn, and just as you take aim at this thing, coming up on the east and west sides, using their jetpacks, are two Dark Trooper Phase 2. Good grief. How big is the Reaver? It is gargantuan. Oh my. All right. I pull the box out of my bag. I look at it and say, well, you're not a god, but hopefully you can do something. I'm going to open it up. Purple smoke comes out of it, sort of in the shape of a skull, and sort of dissipates. And you hear from the box a sort of menacing laughter. <laughs> Lanris, you get every single gift of your curse and none of the stains. So listen up. Dark vision to 60 feet, plus two on perception and stealth checks. Sorry, plus four. When you take ability damage, ability drain, or hit point damage, you can divide the damage or drain evenly between you and one ally within 30 feet. This is a free action. You can activate it even if it's not your turn. You get a 20% chance to ignore uh, confirmed critical hits and precision-based damage, such as sneak attack. You get an AC bonus of plus 
four, you get a gaze attack that causes foes within 30 feet to become shaken for one round, as they succeed as a will save. As a standard action, up to four times, you can make a melee touch attack that deals 40 10 points of damage and one ability drain to ability score of your choice, unless it succeeds at a fortitude save. Whenever you deal weapon damage to a creature that you are flanking or a creature is denied its dexterity bonus to its AC against you, you inflict a painful wound as an immediate action. They must succeed at a fortitude throw or be nauseated by pain for a round. If it saves, it's just sickened. Whenever you take an amount of damage greater than or equal to three times your character level from a single attack, a single source, you gain a plus two morale bonus on attack rolls, damage rolls, saving throws, and skill checks for one round. You get plus two on intimidate checks, I'm sorry, plus four. DC of fear effects you create increase by two. V Victor. When you look at Landris, he is shrouded in purple smoke that is swirling around him where faces, if you can see, of skeletons in it. And he sort of has the outline of the boogeyman that you had seen earlier that you had taken out of Landris. Mine was better. <laughs> For my move action, I chucked the box off the thing because I told him it was a combat buff. I was going to cry. <laughs> After Landris is Hope, who's going to start off the battle casting Cat's Grace Mass. Everyone gets plus four to their dexterity. Hope almost sort of meditates and materializing around her are these panthers made of yellow bristling energy. Each of them make a beeline run straight for you and then jump at you. And as they hit you, they sort of absorb into you. Slender soldier, one goes up to Kintaro, one goes up to Baron. But if we don't take that machine down soon, this whole funicular will fall apart. And it is Kintaro's turn. If uh, Kintaro positions in such a way that he hits both Slender Soldiers with the Vortex Gun? Yes, but he would also hit Baron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did it before. Yeah. So yeah, Kintaro's going to do that. Baron cries out, check your fire! Victor. Well, I'm going to start wailing on its force field. Try to break through that. Its force field? It's only five feet away from you. It's projected out a little bit beyond this gargantuan machine, so you can get your full round attack on it. I'm uh, trying to get through the force field, so I'm just wailing on that, and I'm just giving it all I got, hitting the reaver. You slam hammer after hammer after hammer. For your very last attack, you slam your fist, your metal arm into it. The whole thing seizes up, cracks appear in all over, and it shatters, and pieces fall to the ground and slowly dissolve, and the thing is exposed. Dark Trooper's turn. One is gonna hit at you. Victor. It fires a rocket at your feet. It's targeting the funicular, but it's trying to get you in the splash damage. Uh, the other Dark Trooper is going to do the same thing, but it's going to fire twice at Kentaro. And then it fires its rocket at Kentaro's feet. And the tram, again, it just gets partially destroyed. Baron says, do not worry about these. And he kind of looks up at the, at the, at the Slender Soldier's creatures. I will handle them. Gout of Flame appears out of his one hand, one out of the other, and he starts burning both of them. Reaver turns about 90 degrees and fires another shot at the funicular, and the funicular starts shaking a little bit. Lanris, your turn. Peek out from behind the box. I'm gonna look at the Reaver. I'm gonna use Find Fault on it um, from the Scouter. The One of the main things I wanna know is the resistances it has. Information that's getting displayed on that thing. Vulnerabilities, electricity, Critic, uh, I don't know how to put this in game terms. Critical hits. <laughs> Resistances. Electricity 30. Fire 30. <laughs> Immunities. Cold. Defenses. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do them all in Pathfinder terms just so we do. You can determine in your mind how it displays. Hardness 10. Immune to death effects, disease, mind affecting effects, necromancy effects, paralysis, poison, sleep, stun. Anything that requires a fortitude save. 
Not subject to non-lethal damage or an ability damage, ability drain, fatigue, exhaustion, or energy drain. Is it a construct? Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's a construct robot. So what I'm getting out of that is that it's weak against lightning, but it's also resistant against light. Oh, that's true. Yep. Resist electricity 30, vulnerable to electricity. <laughs> yep. That's okay. Listen, this is the stats in Beast Jerry 5. Sonic damage should work against it, correct? <laughs> I think it's the only thing it didn't state didn't have immunity or vulnerability to. Uh, correct. It wouldn't get past its hardness, but yep. Wait, what? Hardness is just DR. It's DR for objects and, and non-living creatures. Nothing I have hurts this thing. Uh, I peer out from behind the box and fire arrows at the Reaver coming out of Cloak. You loose your arrows, and since they're adamantine, they, they pierce into this thing, and then one kind of, like, as it goes through, hits sort of, like, through a thin part and sticks out, and you can see some electrical components it's taken with it. You've successfully done some good damage to this thing. Hope. She says, help you or hurt it. Help you or hurt it. What What do you mean, help? Uh, hurt it. I can slow down the big guy or one of the flying dudes. Which one you want? I say flying guy. Flying guy. So be it. She does the same thing she had done to the other phase two dark trooper, where she freezes it. And the thing as it starts freezing up, jets forward. And as it jets, it sort of frees up and it lands on the, on the funicular. It kind of skids across. And she goes, like I said before, this thing will get up soon. It'll buy you a second to breathe. Uh, Baron and the Slender Soldiers are fighting. They'll, like, cast a fireball and things, and they'll, like, split their stomach open to, like, try to send it through so they don't get hit. Kintaro. The Phase 2 Dark Trooper gets covered in ice and lands on the platform, and Kintaro puts his barrel right up to it and fires the Vortex gun, the cone going off the edge of the funicular. As he does it, like, the thing sort of, like, spins and skids a little bit, just completely frozen in place. And as that's happening, you can see, like, all the parts of this metal outer shirt sort of crunch into the thing. And if there was, like, a living person with flesh under there, they would have broken ribs and all that stuff. It's just outside, it's just crushing in on this guy. Victor, this thing in front of you, you see, like, all these arrows get into it, you're, like, ready to move forward again, and then there's essentially a bubble foom, comes out from the center of this thing out back to where it was, and this force fields back up at full strength. I sigh. This is still a frozen phase two trooper that Kentaro just shot. I'll run to it and, and hit, hit, hit. 34 points of damage, because I rolled two ones in a row. The dark trooper's turn. The one that is frozen... So it has to make a DC 30 strength check. Hey, thank you, Christian. I can read. Thank you, though. Okay. That's really strong. I have not seen that before. 22. This thing sort of shakes and the ice cracks, but it doesn't get out of the ice. And the other dark trooper fires a shot off at Lanners, fires a shot off at Victor, and then its primary thing, it fires a rocket at, Lan at Victor's feet, damaging the funicular further and really hurting Victor, who couldn't quite get out of the way in time. The Reaver turns its turret 90 degrees and fires another huge shot off with, with his quad cannons, smashing the funicular. So you guys are pretty high up now. This is the point where the funicular goes, you guys are gone. And since you're kind of high up, you can see displayed for you below Upper Kadesh, and there's sort of a hole where you can see through where the elevator comes up and sometimes some vertebrates can come up you can see part of the lower city and the lower city is on fire in places you catch an explosion that looks pretty small from way up there uh, but it looks like lower kadesh is an all-out chaos that building sort of slowly crumbles to the ground down there but up in upper kadesh you see tons of not quite dots they're enough to see that these are people that these are soldiers lined up in rows and they're like a huge sort of display like a, a um, jumbotrons with Kyle Katan's face and he's like giving a speech to the troops. Do you just see just like 
hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands of troops. You see all these vertebrates laid out, landed, being fueled, being ready to go. You're seeing an army, an invasion force being prepared. Meanwhile, you can see in the distance vertebrates still trying to come after you. However, there's not too many too close. Uh, you don't think another reaver's going to be dropped on you or, or more slender troops even. Who knows how many dark troopers are below you that might fly up to you. But what you can see, there doesn't seem to be any reinforcements that'll come at an immediate time. This funicular, when it gets to the tower, like where are we going to be in comparison to like where we have to go? It's leading the top one of the outer towers. From there, you'll have to move from that outer tower to the center tower. I'm going to take a full round action on the force field. You hit the force field, but it's still up. Hope's turn. She extends her hand. You've seen this once before when she was hitting an exchange. Shards almost of sort of prismatic glass looking sort of energy come out of her hand. But instead of just a few like came out when she hit the exchange, it starts out with just like four come out, five come out. And then it just like a faucet opens up. Maybe 40 come out of and they just pound, 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 pound against this force field until the force field shatters and falls to the ground as in pieces as it slowly dissolves. Force field is down on Hope's turn. And she yells at Victor, make this one count. Slender soldiers and Baron are fighting it out and Baron ends up wreathing one in flames so bad that it flies off of the tram and burns up in the sky before it even gets anywhere near landing. Uh, but still, he's still fighting one more. Kentaro. Uh, Katara's going to use the last round of his Vortex gun for the time being to finish off this Dark Trooper. So you shoot this thing, you get crushing and crushing it in, its, its head starts crushing in, but it's still still on. Victor. Seeing that the force field is down, I turn from the Dark Trooper and I head towards the Reaver to give it a big smash. You get a good one on your hull. Definitely got this thing is below the half point threshold. This now brings it to the Dark Trooper's turn, who's going to try to break out of that ice. Well, he does not break out. Other Dark Trooper fires its shots at Lanris, and then he fires a rocket at you, Lanris. You save so you don't take damage, however, it's 50 points of damage to the funicular, which really starts shaking and almost like starts listing a little bit. You hear the sound of bending metal of wires being strained. The Reaver turns and points its gun at you, Victor, and fires like right over your head, hitting more of the funicular. Lanris' turn. So the force field's still down, the reaver. Well, I'm going to take advantage of it being down and fire at it. It starts shaking. Pieces of it start sort of trembling. One of the legs sort of like buckles and gives away, but it's still up. The shield pops up, but you are inside the shield. Cool. Uh, Hope's turn. Hope begins to charge that electricity thing again, and then an explosion happens right next to her, and she's thrown from her feet and slides on her shoulder about maybe five, ten feet across the ground. And you look what did it, and rising up from below you are four more Dark Troopers phase two. Baron is fighting the Slender Soldier and just about finishes it off. Kintaro's turn. He's going to take out the canister rifle, and he's going to fire at this thing. And that's a natural one, so that's good. He actually missed a helpless target. (laughs) (laughs) Kintaro's never going to let this one down. He goes to point at it, and the thing sort of shakes, and he fires and just completely misses everything. Not even, like, hitting some of the cargo. Just, like, misses and goes straight up in the air. He kind of looks around like, I hope no one saw that. But everybody saw it. Everybody. Victor's going to full round action this 40 points of damage. Well, unfortunately, Landris, you kill it. Tell me how you kill it. Yeah, Landris, good job. Yeah, Landris, very good job. Uh, no! The second to last episode! Or no, the last episode! Around the last episode, and I did it. Oh. Victor. What? Go ahead. Oh, I'm so tired. So I hit it really hard with my hammer, you know, doing a, a good bit of damage. And then I'm, I see the camera, and I f- just slam my fist into the camera. As you, as you reach and you feel something, you grab it and you pull it out. 
And as you pull out, there's like wires and you keep pulling and you yank out and you hear something disconnect. The turret starts spinning like 360 degrees and it starts throwing firing wildly and it fires two more shots into the funicular, but right at its feet and it collapses and the thing falls through this huge hole it has just created. And you sort of like dive out of the way and you don't get pulled down as well. And this thing is lost to the sky. And then I hold up the, pe- the camera pieces and everything. Hey guys, it's just like Vinbot. You take out the camera and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a callback. All right. Well, with that piece done, we found the weakness of their entire army. <laughs> Pull out their cameras. If you take their heads off, they're powerless. <laughs> if only humans had this weakness. So now you still got five dark troopers floating about you. And then you hear the telltale sign of vertebrates. And coming from below, you are two vertebrates. And you hear Kentaro shout, there's too much, they're landing right on top of us. And then you hear from all your communicators, this is Group Captain Elson of the Destroyer Capella 2. We have been battling reinforcement fleets to get here and have lost many ships already. Squadrons Kor and Jassaw are all that is left of my crew. And these vertebrates drop off a ton of those guys that you guys saw way back on the destroyer capella these guys are in like these sort of composite material and they've got these ballistic rifles out comes eight dudes and group captain elson and they just start firing just releasing all hell onto these dark troopers and they're taking cover one of the dark trooper flies over next to you lanris and its quantum lashes begin sort of wildly slashing at you and it begins to fire and you hear Elson go, I want effective fire on that trooper there. Give Lander some breathing room. And you see one of like the guys who's in this big heavy armor and he has to hold his gun with like two hands underneath him. It's like a chain gun. You've seen this before. He starts walking forward with this heavy ballistic rifle and it speeds up and it just lets out a barrage and the Star Trooper sort of has to get behind cover, allowing Lanris to sort of jump out of the way. And Lanris says, you're out of the way. You sort of see this Star Trooper behind cover. The world stops for you. And you see this small little piece, this little area where you can see it through like a part of the destroyed cargo. And you're like, this is my shot. And you skillfully draw your arrows and just one after another, almost as fast as that machine gun, lose five arrows through that almost quarter size hole right into this dark trooper and it just falls to the ground. Victor, two dark troopers come on either side of you. Uh, One gets blasted with an explosion from a rocket launcher from one of Elson's men and it gives you just the opportunity you need. You smash it with your hammer and as it's sort of dazed, you grab it with your metal arm, spin around like 360 degrees and you throw it off the tram and like a skeet shot, one of the uh, soldiers fires at its engines breaking it and the thing just falls to its doom. And there is maybe, I don't know, this lasts for maybe two minutes of you guys working together with Elson and destroying all of these dark troopers. You're making openings for one another. There's a point where like Victor jumps to bring his hammer down on a dark trooper, stumbling up, giving a perfect shot for like Lammers to hit its engines and blowing it up. And you guys end up clearing this entire funicular. Sort of the aftermath of that, everyone's panting and kind of recovering from all this. And Elson walks up and holds his hand out to you, Victor. Looked like you guys needed some help. Yes, I take his hand and I shake it. Thank you. We were having a lot of trouble till you guys came. Elson, good to see you. He looks at you and he shakes your hand as well. This is all that's left of my men. And there's a couple that did fall here in this combat just now. Catan and his government have grown decadent and corrupt. We did not see it. 
I should have listened to you sooner. We will stay here and hold off Catan's men for as long as we can. Buy you the time you need to stop this. And the funicular arrives to the top of the structure. We're at the top, so we're at one of the side towers now? Yep. He starts giving orders to his men to set up a position to hold off these vertebrates that are heading their way. He's like, we could probably take a couple out of the sky before they get here. Once we land, Charles, I want you. And he's giving them these, all these orders. You still consider yourself a soldier, Elson? And he kind of smiles and says, maybe now I'm a soldier without a cause. Sounds more like a mercenary. I'm not doing this one for money. This one's for us. Good luck. And he gives you another firm handshake and he says, for the beast. You guys head off into this this tower? Not before I jab myself with a bunch of Healy boys. Yeah, me too. Yes, yes. You guys heal yourselves. Everyone leaves this funicular and goes into the first tower. As you go in, Hannibal's communicator goes off and he picks it up. Commissioner. Go ahead. Comet has overrun all the elevators and we're having a heck of a time regaining control. Do not engage Comet. Repeat ceasefire on Comet. Right now, they are our allies. You will treat them as such as much as it is in your power. Attempt to work with them to assault the president's palace and arrest him if possible. Eliminate if needed. Alarak, if you're listening to this frequency, tell your men to back off of the lower police and they'll help you out. And then you hear Alarak's voice come over the communicator. Is that the police asking for help? I never thought I'd live to see the day. Hannibal kind of covers the communicator and looks at you and says, Victor, use that Silex you got off of Lang and destroy the door we came through. Maybe that'll buy us some time. And he sort of walks off and he continues to talk on the communicator. Alarak, you know it's in your best interests to work with us here. I run over to the door and put the Silex on it and then flee back behind it because it's a 40-foot radius, so. Yeah, well, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's wait on that one. Maybe, maybe we'll wait till we leave that one, Billy, on that one. So describe where you are. I guess I should do that, huh? The funicular went up to pretty much the top of uh, one of those outer towers, and that's where you're at. Right now, you're, you're, you're sort of – it's it's a lot of uh, sort of like – you would imagine wires and pipes and things going on above overhead and inlaid into the wall, but it's not so much like bare bones. It's almost sort of artistically done. It's is- Look, it, it has sort of a factory design with a private home aesthetic. What is the purpose of these towers? These towers were are designed to transport the upper platform across dimensions back to the home world. They were made just for that. Yes. And in the process, they will destroy all of Lower Kadesh and the entire planet. And right now, you guys are trying to explode the middle one, so that won't happen. So right now, you're in sort of a wide room because you're near the top. Uh, it's almost sort of like it's like adjacent to an observatory room that will lead to the outside so you can go over to the center one. While you're waiting for Hannibal to get off the phone and Victor's uh, placing the Silex, Baron kneels down and he starts drawing on the floor sort of strange symbols. Hope reaches into her pocket and pulls out a canteen and it's like empty so she like angrily throws it across the room and pulls out one of the cigarettes Jimmy Lang gave her and she lights it. Do you think you can disrupt this thing if we can't blow it up? With, I assume it's using magic in some capacity. A bit beyond my depth. What are you doing there? Leaving a surprise for our would-be. And he looks up to like uh, where you guys just left. Visitors. To slow them down. Tar goes over to Lanaris. Okay. Uh, given this probably last minute of, of respite. Of not fighting and rushing down. And he looks at you and he goes, you doing okay? I won't know until this is all over. Just putting that all on hold right now. Trying to concentrate. How about you? Uh, you know, so far so good. And he undoes his helmet and he takes it off. Yeah, I smile, just kind of move closer to him. He meets your smile and he puts his arms around you. There might not be an after. Then I won't have to feel bad. 
and he gives you a sort of like it's almost depressing sort of one last kiss. And he says, in case we don't make it out. I love you. I said it first. And he smiles, says, well, you said it first today. <laughs> I always will. Hey. And he kind of like uses hands to say, to like gesture to what you're doing. He's like, at least I got over my fear of showing affection in public, huh? I don't. I mean, at least in front of maybe four people. Yeah, I don't think this counts. <laughs> Listen, baby steps. <laughs> Baron goes over to you, actually, to you, Victor. He's done drawing. Victor. Yeah. And he scratches the bottom of his chin. I've had to do certain unsavory things to you and your friends, but in the end, I cannot deny the favor that I owe you. We made a deal and you kept to it, Victor. You freed me. I did. I did free you, Baron. And it's been something I've had to to regret because because you attacked Landris. And what you made him do, it's just horrible. And Baron kind of like is a half a step from rolling his eyes and says, what happened between Lanris and I is between Lanris and I. It's between a lost finger and a lost ear. No, no, because you froze me and you made me watch it. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is my fault. So no, it's not just between Lanris and you. It is between all of us. Well, Victor, it's become abundantly clear with our past interactions that no amount of justification will ever ring true with you. But on the off chance that it does, I did nothing to you but kept you still. I even protected your wife. So what do you want? What do you want, Baron? I didn't come over here for anything except to thank you. You're welcome. He goes, and as a sign of thanks, and he pulls something out of his pocket and he puts it in your pocket. The last thing we need right now is for you to run out of ammo. I got this off of some of the dead men. I look at it. Some extra batteries. Okay. We're all working towards the same goal, Victor. I hope so. Lanris. Yes. It's you and Kintaro are sharing sort of a brief, sweet moment together. Because his mind, like, he kind of like looks as if he's thinking about something else. He goes, you think we're going to get our, our deposit back on the apartment? <laughs> I think if it's blown up, I guess that's... I guess then we, we break the contract. Well, there's our motivation. You know, I was looking for it the whole time. <laughs> I need that thousand gold back. <laughs> oh, even if we do succeed here, I mean, we've got so much more to do. This is just step one. We stopped them from transporting them. But they still got a whole army up here. What do we do? I'd say play it by ear, but I don't... He looks at you and glares at you. I made myself sad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you, is that a subtle way of saying you just want to put my helmet back on? <laughs> no, no. My normal helmet that a bunny person would not be using? Why would they want to look more like a rabbit? <laughs> hey, let's let's not worry about that, all right? That's not something we can think about now. He brings his hand up and he rubs your, your wounded ear. Did always think this was cute. Hard blush. <laughs> and now you're like, no, but... When it's the skin, it blushes. I don't like it. The fur is supposed to hide it. No. I'm still getting it fixed if I can. You know, I'm more worried about that than the army. <laughs> of course he would be. If their plan fails, I mean, what's the army going to do? Kill everyone? They can't. I don't know. This place is probably going to be uh, in turmoil for a long, long time until all this is made right. Hey, at least we told everyone the truth. It's all it takes. I love you, Landers. I love you, too. Let's go finish this. And he puts the helmet back on. And Hannibal comes back and he hangs up his communicator and says, All right, are we ready to move forward? 
You tell us. I was able to secure some additional help for Comet in assaulting the palace. Alarak, despite his past grievances, has reluctantly agreed to work with the lower police. We stop this here, they stop the president, and from there, perhaps we can stop this whole thing from getting any worse. They got control of the elevators, right? Indeed, they do. Hope kind of like throws her cigarette down and stomps on it and says, all right, let's get going. And then you hear a ringing sound and then a sort of hard, like sort of slap on skin. And it's the sound of uh, a coin being flipped. Hope perks up, her ears her perk up, and she slowly turns around to face Baron, who has a coin in his hand. She looks at him and goes, what did you just decide? And Baron, who has stepped away from all of you, looks up and says, Hope, step away from them. Immediately, like, Kintaro's, like, trying to be slow and still, but trying to reach for his gun. Hope, don't move. And she, like, angrily, like, balls her fist and says, You poisonous bag of refuse. Don't you do this. You don't do this now. I'm sorry, Hope, but this is where it all ends. Can you truly be so naive as if to be surprised? I thought we had an understanding, a common purpose. We have a similar purpose. You mistook siblings for twins. I'm going to tear this city out of the sky. I'm going to blow it up just like you're trying to do. The only difference is I'm going to wait until I'm home to do it. We blow this thing now, and we stay in this God's forsaken barren world, full of men who it is in their nature to destroy themselves. I have no intention of doing that. I've had to be a lot of things, Hope. I've had to be the turncoat, answering the endless parade of questions, designed to learn just enough about my home to lay it to waste. I've had to be the loyal hound, answering to his master's beck and call. Go fetch this canister here. Go get this man there. Sick him, boy. I've had to be the prisoner, and he, like, makes eye contact with you, Landris. Tied to a chair in a jail cell, soiling myself because my jailers felt not the need to give me a bucket. I've had to be the revolutionary. And he looks at you now, Victor. Helping the few who would stand against the conspirators of this world's demise expose their secrets to the world. But no longer. Now it's finally the time for me to be me. Emperor Valerian Mengsk, the man whose loyalties lie to family and country. We stand among an invading force poised to destroy my empire and kill my people. I have broken bones and lost body parts to set myself in this moment where I stand able to save my homeworld. And in the process, be lauded as hero and reunited with my wife. You really think I would stop at killing you? And and hope tears well up her eyes. She was never your wife. You killed her before she had the chance. Twice. Just as you are not my father. And if you were, what kind of man sacrifices his own daughter? I don't want to, Hope. I'm just willing to. Come over here. Fight by my side, removing the last of these interlopers, and he gestures to you guys, and we can go home together. And Hope sort of shakes her head. You absolute fool. You never figured it out, did you? This is the inevitable conclusion of any world where you reign as king. 
a world you failed to protect because failing to protect that which you love is what you're best at. And they're going to kill half of the people on this entire planet. And I will not sacrifice so many just so that I might set mine eyes upon my home once more. I'm not doing this for me, Hope. I'm saving your home world. No! You're saving you. You're saving your chance to be with her again. And you're doing it at the cost of more lives than it's worth. You are poised to trade this world's future for yours. And there's sort of a, a moment of, of silence for Baron. Hope. Look at you. You're so strong. Just like your mother, striving against so much to hold me back from the brink. Please, Hope, I, I need this. Don't let me go on alone. This is your chance. Not only to let me be the father you should have had, but your chance to be the daughter that changed her father to the man he should be. Hope, please don't abandon me now. And Hope is silenced in a battle of her own heart. And her fist sort of loosens. She lets go of, of this fist she was making. And Hope kind of looks with, with burdened eyes at you guys. Why don't you just choose to be... The other side of the coin. Do you think if you take the ruined side to Mana, that she's going to even recognize you? His eyes sort of flare. You know nothing of Mana. You don't know what it's like to watch somebody who loves you despite who you are. Mana always saw me as the monster and loved me nonetheless. That is why I loved her back. I call bull on that, Baron. He lost his sister today, who loved him no matter what. Don't act like you're the only one here hurting. We all are hurting. It's true. We've all lost things here. Many of us lost things today, or will. But hope the only difference between everyone here and you is that you are the last person that stands to getting back what they lost. This was your wish, wasn't it? You destroy this platform and there's no more hope of going home. No more hope of turning back the tide of what you had fought your whole life to stop. You come back with me now, and you can have your true father back. Maybe you don't think I'm worth saving, isn't he? Well, the situation was a lot different. I lost my sister because she was changing the world for the better. Mana died because she made the mistake of loving you. He is his like entire body tenses. His hand grips the hilt of his flail. I'm well aware of the reasons Mana died. And finally, I have a chance. And he and he catches himself. We have a chance. And he looks back at Hope and refocuses on her. Of going and correcting mistakes. We stop them now, and who do you save? Does it really matter to you whether their people survive? Their people, half of them who don't even know you, who don't even know you exist, and the other half who are actively trying to kill you? Do you really care so much about them over your own home? And Hope's eyes are filled with, with water that have not yet turned into tears. Do you even believe what you say? It's one thing for people to like spout and believe bullcrap, but you spout it. I don't even think you believe what you say. Just whatever it is to get back what you want. And we're talking about making mistakes. If you end up back with Mana, she'd be making the same mistake again. You think that story ends any other way? And instead of addressing you, he addresses Hope, responding to you, but looking at her. But it did, didn't it? 
Hope didn't end differently. As long as Monarch was around, wasn't your father a good man? You would chance to go back to stop her from dying to get your mother back. And to save your father in the process, and to fulfill your own wish to save your world. Are you going to throw that away for these few standing around you? Do you want to live in a world where you call him king? And you see, Baron sort of relaxes again. There is already a Valerian there who is emperor. It will not be me, Hope. This isn't about me. This is about you and your world and your father. No, no, it's about you and you ending up on that throne. Once an emperor, Landris. Always an emperor. I have the future of my people to be concerned about. That was my charge. And my people are about to be invaded. And that's exactly what we're trying to stop. Yes, and you do it so narrowly. If you stop them here and now, there's still a cataclysm coming. But Hope's goal, Hope's destiny, what fate has lied out for her is to go back home and to stop that. I know, I know, I, I get it. You don't know what you want. You're going to use, you're not even trying to stop this. You want to use this. You, you got your ties. You want to use this to take over your own world. You're going to take your own other self by force. Oh, please, you think of me so narrowly. I will tear this from the sky and be lauded as a hero. In what world, this or there, could I control these men? If I could control these men, you think I would be fighting with you all the way here? Hope, do not listen to this water. Stick with blood. He literally just said he would blow you up. He probably doesn't even think you're really his daughter. What did he just say, the sister's not equal to the twin? I think he was talking about you. He's already sold you out before. I mean, look where we found you. He was with you. You were under his protection. And then we found you locked up with all those tubes in you. And look at you now. You don't think he won't use you again? She looks down and kind of feels the <laughs> trench coat and reaches back and feels the holes in her head. Your destiny has been what it has always been your whole life to stop your father. And you see, as you say that, she sort of grits her teeth and she sort of writes herself. And she goes, that has always been what I was meant to do. That is what I spent so much of my life doing. She looks up at Baron. It was always to stop you. Hope, you're right. Without you, I am someone that needs to be stopped. But with you, Hope, I struggle so hard not to be the monster. Think of it. If you were at my side earlier, Dahlia would still be with us today. What? Oh, Please, really, Lanris, you think Catan gave a second thought about your sister? The deed was done. He had his mind on more than petty vengeance on a two-bit lawyer whose existence didn't even show Don't up on the radar Don't of relevancy. Don't be so squeamish. It had to be done. The same circumstances that spurred Victor to action would have held back the bowman. You needed the push, Lanris. You should thank me. Without it, you'd be down there with the rabble unable to effect change on this monumental event. Yet instead, here you stand, helping me to change everything. Wow, your wiring is all messed up, man. I don't... Uh, you're saying you ordered that guy to kill Dahlia? Is that what you're saying? Victor, you're up here now because you're defending what you love. If Dahlia was still alive... Lanris would be down there. He's not as strong as you. He needed the push. With her gone, he has the motivation, the desire to come up here and stop them with the rest of us. Ugh. This is hopeless. If you cannot be convinced with reason. And he grabs his flail and he takes it out of his holster and he says, Well, thank you for getting me this far. 
I couldn't have done it without you. Without all of you. And sorry, Hope, I had really hoped to not have to kill you. And Hope gestures to him, kind of like man's up to him and says, Kill me? I killed you, motherfucker! What makes you think you could stop me from doing it again? Because, Hope, like you said, you didn't kill me. Hanzo did. While you were looking at his hand that was like going to his flail, he holds up from his other hand a detonator. Victor, it's your detonator. You, you pat your pocket where you had it and it's gone, replaced by a few batteries. And he looks at you and says, lose something. And he presses the button and the door explodes. The, the, the Silex you planted explodes, knocking you guys back, sort of sliding across the room. Kentaro and Hannibal were especially close to the door and the fire just like completely engulfs them and knocks them into the wall. It hits them so hard that you look at the wall, there's an indentation from where they got slammed into there. You hear four booming sounds, boom, 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 all around you as you see walls encase Landris, Victor, Hope, and Baron. And then the walls sort of disappear. And, and you recognize this from when you fought Baron on the train. These are these, these walls of force, Baron says, as you sort of try to pick yourself up. You know, we've never had a fair fight. First time I ambushed you and beat you. Second time you ambushed me and beat me. But now all's fair, and we're going to see who really is the better man. I learn from my mistakes. You and all your allies came at me at once, not this time. And Kentaro tries to get up, and you see his armor is all, like, scorched. And he, just in a fit of rage, pulls out this vortex gun and fires it at the wall of force. Baron looks at him like, really? And he goes, you'll find this wall not so easily broken as the last. Like I said, I learned from my mistakes. For example, why don't we start off with the big dogs this time, eh? Everyone roll initiative. 22. 33. These symbols he's drawn on the ground, almost in the flash, in the blink of an eye, turn into molten portals. Hellhounds start pouring out of them. There's like one to his left, one to his right. The first one that comes out of the one to the right is the salamander, which you had fought way back when. Out of these portals now, two hellhounds come out. You have the salamander, you have Baron, and Hope shouts out, this is how he works. He surrounds himself with allies to distract us while we're never able to get to him. We can't ignore them. That's a ticket straight to hell, but we gotta cut through them and make sure we hurt him too. Otherwise, they'll never stop coming. He may be powerful, but he's still only human. He bleeds just like us. I've seen it. Now two green hellhounds come out of these portals, uh, burning with a green fire around them. Hope kind of eyes them and says, Get away from the green ones. They'll get close to you, then explode. They're volatile, though. It's not that hard to set them off prematurely. You remember when Hope was fighting her father in the memories, when you went through her memories. And you remember these green things. They would run at people, and as soon as they got to them, they would just explode in a bout of flame. So you're going to get, like, a little boon for this memory. And you can choose. It's not like these. You're going to get a couple boons. They're not very big. They're just, like, little things. But you can either get a plus one reflex to save versus their explosion, or you can get a plus one on attack rolls versus them to try to destroy them before they're low. Take reflex. I'll take the bonus to uh, attack. Okay, it's for the Bane Hounds only. Landris, you get to go first. I'm going to activate my Temporal Accelerator, and I say, don't worry about Baron. First, I'm going to shoot as many arrows as I can at Baron, uh, trying to shoot around the Salamander. Every arrow that hits him impales Kim and goes through him and brings a shadowy black thing 
out of the back of him and it falls back as if it had been shot and it had been killed. And every one of your shots does this. After all that, I'm going to take a prepared action to shoot Baron if he tries to cast a spell. I'm going to spend a grit on that to hit his touch AC, and I'm going to spend a trick to make it entangle him should I fire at him. Baron, he points at you guys, and he says something in Infernal, and you don't have Venbot to translate. And then you hear Hope say, Lanris, he's sending two of them at you. Vic, the Salamander's heading your way. And Baron, like, shoots her look and says, Haradin, silence your tongue. One of the hellhounds rushes at you, Vic. He, like, latches onto your metal arm, but it doesn't break it. You kind of, like, shh shove it off, uh, making it your turn, Victor. So uh, after it uh, runs at me, I am very angry at Baron, and so I am just slamming it with all of my force with my hammer. All three attacks I get on it. The thing, uh, almost all of its fire gone. It's like you've shattered its skull, and it's just billowing smoke, but it's still standing. It's Baron's turn, and he doesn't seem to do much. He has locked sort of his... Well, make a perception check, uh, Landers. <laughs> 41. He's staring at you very carefully. He's tensed up his body. The salamander slides its way over to you, Victor, and it takes its spear and it drives it and it kind of like hits your armor then slides off. Uh, the other hellhound runs after Lanris as the hellhound jumps at you and slashes at you with its claws, burning you. Uh, then the banghounds, they bolt at you guys and they run so fast. They're like they trip over themselves and sort of roll and then catch themselves and keep running. And every once in a while, like, we'll kind of roll. And one jumps at you, Lanris. As he lands, he, like, slams into you and it explodes. And, Vic, the same thing happens to you. This green flame washes over the Hellhound and Salamander attacking you. But they, um, they seem to be immune to fire. And you are on fire. And then one of the portals, pulling itself out of it, crawling out of it as a dog will come out of a hole, a Hellhound appears. And it charges at you, Lanris. Or actually, knows what's going to have to go. Hope. As it launches its mouth first, it grabs her side, and it continues and pulls off part of her side with it. It's a huge chunk of meat, and it was not good for Hope. She screams out as she has this flesh torn from her. However, it is now Hope's turn, who says, Darn my initiative wrong. Hope puts her hands to her side, palms up, and she floats ever so slightly off of the ground. She sort of turns her body to face you two. She faces her hands towards each of you, and a sort of translucent almost wave almost like um what comes out of the car when you open up a car you see like sort of heat waves or you'll see off of a road sort of bends light around it and hits each of you this is greater heroism you guys all get a plus four morale bonus on attack rolls saves skill checks you are now immune to fear effects and you get 15 temporary hit points and that ends that it is now lanny's turn baron ruined my prepared action i'm angry at him um <laughs> I'm going to continue firing at Baron. Since the Thalmer is attacking Vic, is it no longer covering him? Correct. Nice. Moves. Then he's in for some fun. Oops! What? But his prepared action goes off. Between you and him, a geyser of flame erupts, and it erupts all around you, encircled in flame. I mean encircled, I don't mean as in it's overcome you. I mean literally, there's a circle of flame around you that you can not see past. All right, go ahead, what are you going to do? So with this wall around me, Vander's quickly shifts through it, keeping his head low, but emerges on the other side of the fire, firing arrows indiscriminately at Baron. In the middle of it, he's like, wait, maybe I should help Vic, turns and fires an arrow at the hellhound he just attacked, and then turns back at Baron. 
you go through the fire, not untouched. It does burn you. However, you do get out of it, and you can now see clearly. You see that line of sight to Baron. The one arrow that hits that hound goes right into its eye and throws it back, and its head is... Its bones were so cracked by the heavy blows from Vic that when it hits Thing's head, it just explodes its head, and it falls to the ground and burns up and away. And then you just fill Baron with, with new holes, and one goes straight into his respirator. This, this sort of skull-looking respirator. And he, he staggers back, and he tries to pull the arrow out, and as he does, it rips off the respirator with it. And you see a lipless mouth with the teeth exposed. He is hunching over himself, almost like a faucet has been turned on. Blood pours out of his throat, through his mouth, and onto the ground and splashes. And he reaches up, and he makes a fist, and he slams on the ground that he has now fallen on his knees to, and he ignites into fire. As he ignites, fire's being drawn from the hellhounds around him, from the salamander, and he grows and grows into this huge size. And he is now this living, almost fire elemental. And as he stares at you, and you can see inside of this fire elemental, unlike the previous ones you fought, sort of look like snakes, this one's retaining a lot of his form. And you can see almost like a, a skeleton inside, enlarged. Like You can definitely see the skull and what is his face inside this fire. Victor, your turn. Uh, I'm going to put myself out. So I'm going to drop to the ground and do that. Baron, he reaches his fiery digits forward and spreads them out as far as he can and makes his hand as flat, almost as vertical as he can. And behind you, Lanris, a devil star appears, surrounded by symbols you know nothing about. And this star twists in like nine different directions. The symbols turn one direction, the star twists one direction, and a circle appears around it. And then, coming out of this Devil Star that is completely vertical, this this portal in the air, comes this giant, massive Hellhound, the likes of which you've never seen before. And it gallops at you, and trailing behind it are a few smaller Hellhounds, ones you've seen before. But this one isn't coming to bite, to slash, attack. It is making just a straight line, and another sort of Devil Star circle appears across the battlefield. There's a straight line in between these two stars that this thing is running from. It's running from one to the other, and it's going to intersect both Lanaris and Victor to do this. Salamander. He's trying to slice you. You're just like, as you're rolling out, trying to put out the fire, you're not even trying to dodge him, but he just happens to work as he's trying to, he tries to slap you with his tail. By sheer dumb luck. Yeah, he just completely dodged everything of his. The new hellhound rushes to Lanaris to attack him. All right, the other hellhound that's on Hope. Attack Hope, and she screams out, I could use some help over here. You, you've seen this, I think, once or maybe even twice before as electricity surges around her body, uh, even to the point of intensifying the wound she has, makes it bleed more. You can see blood gritted in her teeth and all that as she's, like, suffering from this. And then electricity jolts out from her in all directions, striking at pretty much everything. And as electricity just surges all around them, they do not look good at all. They are doing that thing where they're building black smoke and their fire is dying. They survive, but barely. And it kills the salamander. Ooh, nice. Yeah. He falls to the ground and is now just having a seizure as electricity messes with his nerves. You see electricity, like, goes after Baron, but it just, like, sort of surges around him and it does almost nothing. And she says, He's nearly impossible to hurt when he's like that. Arrows, guns, nothing will work. We have to knock him out of it with a powerful enough force. And you sort of flash back to when... There was the battle with Hope and her memories, and uh, he had turned, he had done this, he had, he had transformed himself into this, this fiery form, and what happened was that Hanzo had key charged something he threw at Baron, and the explosion was so big 
it knocked him out of his fire form, and everything else was pretty much useless against him. As you kind of remember the past battle, though, you do sort of remember watching them and their strategies versus these hellhounds and everything. You guys are going to get another boon. At, at any point for the rest of the battle, only once and only for one of you, you can redirect any one hellhound to go after Hope instead of whatever target it's currently on. Oh, that's a mean boon. <laughs> it's sort of like the idea of, of you kind of can know how to direct them and since they're just sort of animals almost, how to try to play to that to get them to redirect. Portals activate outcomes, a hellhound and a banehound. Not a banehound. Clan turn. I'm moving extra quick, so I look back at Hope and I hold up a grenade and I'm like, will this do it? Worth a try! Thinking the grenades might work, there's like double images, after images of him when he's doing this, like just pulls a grenade pin, throws it, pulls a grenade pin, throws it both toward Baron, moves out of the way of this hellhound, and then uh, another, he flicks his wrist on his left hand and another image of Landris appears. And it is Victor's turn. Okay, so I'm going to get up. I'll get up and I'll move away, I guess. Are you moving towards Baron or away from Baron? Away! I'm not moving towards Baron. I saw him throw grenades. Baron's turn. This thing, it roars as it runs by, growls, and it's doing such force it sounds almost like a, a train or a tram comes past you as it rushes through, and it leaves like these cinder, ashy trail behind from its paws as it rips through across this area where you guys were and exits into this other portal, and both portals shimmer away. Baron melts into the ground and turns to a pool of lava, rolls over, comes up in between Landris and Victor, and then he attacks you. Wait, he moved away from my grenades. Wait, no. I don't have any more explosives. Well, its flail is now completely made of fire and lava, and it slams, and lava spreads out from where it impacts, but it misses you. Hellhound that is on Hope is going to attack Hope. Hey, Vic, you got any explosives? Not anymore. I point to the door. I looked out the rod of wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Hellhound that went after Victor, or Landris, is going to rush over at Landris and charge you. New Hellhound's going to rush after Victor, and it's going to miss. The new Banghound is going to rush in your guys' general direction, but it doesn't have enough move to get there. Landris is turn. Hmm. So, I know what you said with the boon, but is it possible? Can I use the boon to direct a hellhound toward me? Yes. I'd like to direct the baneling toward me. Banehound! Whatever. It rolls along the ground. <laughs> uh, I'd like this to... This is obviously an original creature designed with no real-time strategy <laughs> games in mind. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna... Um... Okay. You direct it to you. That's not an action of any kind, is it? No, but okay. like sort of like you goad it. How do you goad it? I, I look over at the grenades. I'm like, man, I sure hope I don't explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like f I like flick an arrow at it to catch its attention. And now, now I'm having it play fetch, so I did the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like catches it with its mouth and goes to bring it right back to you, Landris. You hit some base <laughs> instinct in it. Go. I'm gonna go with the Baneling. Bane Hound, original, <laughs> ba and one and only. Banehound. I take out a. I have arrows that whistle, so I take one out and like chuck it at the the banehound to draw its attention. Uh, I turn and I shoot arrows at the hellhound attacking Hope to give her some room to cast spells, and the one attacking me. And I'm gonna shoot some smoke arrows at Baron so he can't see. Once they're down, I'm gonna turn and take out my rod of wonder and point it at Baron and cross my fingers as a free action. The smoke arrows explode around his head, and the smoke is glowing from all his fire. You slay the hellhounds after Hope and you, and you point the Rod of Wonder, and out of it comes a bout of flame that covers Baron, and it are absorbed into him. 
seeming to make him stronger. It's not explosion? It's not explosive type of fireball? Oh, well, you know what, Christian? That is not a bad... Fireballs are explosions. I they think they are big difficult. explosions. It is an ex... You know what, Christian? <laughs> I can't argue with that. As you point the Rod of Wonder at him, a bead, a small itty-bitty little bead comes out, and as soon as it comes into contact with Baron, explodes, and it knocks him back a little bit, it staggers him, and you see his flame sort of dies down a little bit, and it changes color, it turns a bit blue. And you hear him go, yes, a couple of more of those, and we got him. I cannot believe that worked out for you. <laughs> Every time. It's even a freaking fire thing. Which he was supposed to, I'm like, no, no fire's gonna damage him this combat. The fire's gonna be useless. And then you found, you figured it out. <laughs> Victor, your turn. So I look beside me and see the Hellhound there. And I'm like, oh, well, here's another one. So I start swinging at him and beating him till I can hit him. I, I'm hitting him constantly in the head, in the skull, too, because I, I think this is going to really work, and it dazes him. You just keep crushing and crushing and breaking bones. The thing's jaw is clean cut, like just hanging right off by the tendons and things that are so exposed on hellhounds. And it looks up at you, and it lowers its head in a very submissive position and whimpers. And sort of, like, backs off a little bit, scared of you. Aw. And then I shout out. What are we going to do about the big guy? The Bangling runs at you, Lanris, as you had so goaded it. Mm -hmm. And it slams its body into you, exploding. However, you are right next to Baron. The explosion from the Bangling knocks him back a little bit and dies down his fire a bit. Oh, there we go. <laughs> as this sort of happens, you hear Baron scream unintelligibly. Either he's speaking another language or he's just shouting. Or maybe it's from his tongue now being fired. As he screams, he kind of broadens his chest and brings his arms out to the sides of him, clenched fists and curled, and portals appear all around you, similar to the ones that are right now actively pumping out hellhounds. Maybe there's about 13 portals, and hellhounds and banehounds come out of them, And but these portals are all temporary. They all close up right afterwards. There are three banehounds and ten hellhounds around you guys. Hope kind of looks around at the desperate situation, points her finger at the very tip of her finger, almost looks like a arcing missile just at the tip of her finger, and she cuts her arm. She waves her arm in front of her, almost in an arc, and blood comes out of her arm, but it stays floating in front of her. And then she waves her hand over it, and it transforms. It turns into colors and lights, and then she brings it all close to her chest and then releases it, and it hurls out in all directions in a different color sort of trail of energy. She's hitting seven different hellhounds. And each one that she hit, essentially something different happens. One is like the green one explodes into acid and melts the hellhound in place. Another one jolts it with electricity. You see one hellhound, like mid-gate, gets turned to stone and falls over. Another one it goes crazy and attacks another one a hellhound and they both kill each other. And even one, you see a portal appears to absolute darkness scattered with light above it and it gets sucked into it and the portal closes. And the hellhound's just gone. You have no clue where it went. Uh, seven hellhounds are defeated in this way, leaving three banghounds and three hellhounds. Did she just use prismatic spray? She did. Nice! Like, it's no explosion, but it'll work. Our hellhounds bolt at you guys. Two after Lanris, you dodge both of them. One, you have to actively, like, jump back. Uh, but Victor, it, like, jumps off the back of the one that's, like, whimpering. It, like, goes right after your face with its teeth. That is that. Now, no, Victor, uh, before it gets to Lanris' turn, that one that's, like, all whimpering to you, it sort of, like, nuzzles against you to be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm your friend now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Lanris. I looked out the Rod of Wonder. I look back at Kentaro. I'm like, thanks for the gift. I'm going to point at Baron. 
a lightning bolt, 70 foot long and five feet wide. How do you get these things? Uh, a lightning bolt streaks out of the rod of wonder. You've done this once before, actually. This came in clutch when you were taking down Alarak. It goes through Baron doing nearly nothing, but after it goes past him, it hits one of the hellhounds going after Victor, uh, electrocuting him. So I'm going to try to tumble past the hellhounds next to me. I'm going to try and get in as close as I can to Baron, hoping that the main hounds are going to come for me. As you do that, one of the hellhounds next to you snaps at you, but you dodge it, and Baron brings down his huge flail and it smashes to a place you just were at, but you had moved quick enough. Vic, get as far away from the green ones as you can. Okay. Vic's turn. So I see that the hellhound in front of me has been badly damaged by the lightning, and I want to finish it off, so I swing away at it, and then after I hit it, I flee away, gesturing the other dog to come with me. You slam this thing into smithereens like you flattened it onto the ground. It's like caved part of into, into the ground now. It would take some effort to peel it away from the floor. And then you back up uh, only so slightly since you spent most of your time attacking this creature. And the dog that you gestured to come with you is, is like kind of shaking his head. He's like very dazed from the dazed condition. I mean from you hitting him. Uh-huh. And he kind of like takes a couple steps to you and wobbles. And then he turns around with his back to you and he uh, faces the banglings come at you and he growls. And the bangling is spooked a little bit and turns away from you and this hellhound. Instead goes after Landris. Landris! Yes. Three bane hounds collide on you. These explosions, explosion, 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 all three hit you. I'm standing in like, I'm kind of sideways to Baron so I can see the bane hounds and Baron. And like one jumps at my torso and I duck down. One jumps at my legs and I hop up. Uh, but the last one catches me in midair. However, all these explosions also hit Baron and they knock him out and you can see like, like a candle starting to go out and he's like flickering in and out and he is in, enraged by it and he takes his flail and he slams it at you, Landris. He, he enraged, it's almost like wildly he's slamming as he starts coming out of this and he shrinks and the fire goes away and all that is left before you is barren as before with the blood just dripping down his chin, down his chest, splashing onto the floor. And he looks and now he's between both of you. It does not look good for him. And so he kind of staggers back off balance sets himself right he steadies himself by spreading apart his feet and he brings his hands close together and then almost as if something is pushing them away a forced they fly away from him and he looks straight up out of his mouth out of all around him these symbols red symbols fly into the air and you see all these weird symbols carved come all around him and that same sort of devil star appear underneath him and it flies into the sky these all these symbols and numbers they go up and they sort of disappear and they reappear a little bit of ways and land on the ground and a small sort of pool of lava appears and it gets larger and larger and larger and then a absolutely massive claw sticks out of this lava and then another one and out pulling itself out of this incredible portal to hell almost as it were uh, comes that giant hellhound you had seen run before except now it's here manifested completely and it pulls itself out of here and hope exclaims Nisha, mother of all hellhounds. No, no, literally, she's their mom. And this absolutely massive hellhound, which has given birth to the countless hellhounds you have fought before, uh, is now staring at the two people who have just killed a ton of her pups. When she's fully manifested, Baron stops doing this sort of hellmouth spell, and he looks at her, and he does some sort of special movements with his hand, and a, a very thin string line appears to her, and it grows thicker and thicker until it vanishes. And Hope looks scared almost, and she says, He's gone quite mad. He's linking his life with hers. Dad, what are you doing? And she has to yell over the roaring flames of Nisha. 
You do that when she's dismissed, she'll take you with her. What are you accomplishing with this? You do this and you'll never get home. You're just guaranteeing that you'll die. And Baron says through a mouth without lips, No, no, I just guaranteed you will. With Nisha comes out two more hellhounds. So now we have two hellhounds close to Lanris, two that have just come out with Nisha. And you remember this happening in the battle with Hope. I'm going to let you choose another boon. You can either choose to gain a benefit by remembering one of her abilities, or you can choose to remember one of her attacks and gain sort of a bonus to defending from it. I choose attack. Yeah, I'm going to choose attack too. You remember that she would just throw people around like a dog would do with a toy with every attack with her just massive jowls. You guys get a plus five to your CMD versus trip. Okay. Nisha goes first and she charges at you, Lanris. You you are just blocking. It's like the giant teeth like is trying to pry this shield away from you and takes out some of the wood. This thing is absolutely massive and it is now right against you. It missed by one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like its tooth like goes through the shield and it's like right in your, near your eye and you're like, okay. Landris, your turn. Misha's bearing down on Landris and just he's just barely not getting murdered by her, but he's still only thinking about killing Baron. So he shifts away as best as he can, but still close to Misha and just un- still unleashes a full barrage on Baron. Arrows fill him and he is bleeding all over and he barely stands. As you strike him with all these arrows, Misha starts bleeding as well as him and he starts like deteriorating when you like when these arrows peel away his flesh all that's left is like bone the flesh is completely gone the the blood there's nothing and you're just tearing away and when what's left of him is pretty much a skeleton with patches of flesh on him and somehow he's still standing and you look at nisha and she is torn up as well phony mana could see you now I'm going to charge Baron. You break some of the bones that are exposed, and he cries out, and at the same time you hear a very terrifying howl from Nisha. Baron screams in your face, Landris. Landris or me? Wasn't he, te- wasn't he ten feet away from me? Victor, sorry. Oh, sorry. I said Landris, so I meant to say Victor. He gets two solid hits with the flail, but the third one whiffs. He is swinging this so hard, he, like, his bone cracks under the force, snaps of his, his, one of his arm bones. Hellhound, the two are going after Landris. One grabs one arm, one grabs the other, and they start trying to pull you apart. The two other two hellhounds are coming after Victor. It uh, attacks you, but your armor helps you. The other hellhound, the one that sort of was dazed that you had almost killed, runs to come to your aid, and it gets in between you and the other hellhound, and the other hellhound snaps its neck and throws it aside. The friendly hellhound has died. I'll just tame another one. Hope's turn. <laughs> yeah, Hope's turn. Seeing you're, you're being focused by two hellhounds and Nisha herself, Lanris, Hope runs over to you, puts her hand on your back, almost like falls on your back. And you feel a surge of strength, of courage around you as it takes you over. You get a plus seven on your attack rolls, on your saves, on your skill checks, and on your ability checks for one round. This is a touch of destiny. But not my AC. <laughs> no. Oh no. Nisha's turn. Nisha takes one big gate to you. She grabs you and you try to like put your arms up, but you're, she grabs you and your arms together, swings her head back left and right and throws you into the ground not only are you knocked completely unconscious and gravely wounded near mortally wounded you are set ablaze with a very powerful magical fire (laughs) since you shifted away can she continue to get her full round no she shifted toward me i moved out of her reach she tries to claw at you but you had she had thrown you too far you had dodged too far that combined and she just can't get to you with her two claws 
the other hellhounds go after Lanris. Lanris, what do you do? I lose one hit point. Uh oh, what, what is death for you? Uh, negative 12. I'm at negative 7. And you'll take fire damage next round. That'll help. Ow. Victor, you're standing next to a skeletal baron who looks nearly defeated with Nisha, looking very much the same, wounded, bleeding, bloodied, torn. And Victor is... Lanris is lying on the ground on fire. Hellhound surrounding him, hellhound surrounding you. What do you do? As I see Lanris fall down, being attacked, and the other hellhounds going after him, I just lose all control. I know mostly it's my fault because Baron is here, so I just start wailing on Baron. I like to think, I don't want to say what you're doing, you can tell me, but I like to think that like you're just so angry, like your, your tears are coming out as you're yes, slamming him. Yes, absolutely. You bash him and he puts his hand up to block and you just crack through that arm and shatter it and bring it down on his chest and he falls to the ground he looks up and he puts his other hand up and you bash it away with the hammer, knocking it across the thing and you raise your hammer above your head to bring down on his head and he looks up he looks afraid. As he looks afraid and I see that, I just say, good. And you slam it down. You bring his head into his chest. And you are thrown back by a powerful blast of force as his corpse really rises into the air. And it just sets ablaze with an extreme fire as Nisha burns up. And she's burning and burning. She starts looking around and running all around. And she's like slamming into the ground trying to do anything versus this pain she starts burning up until all that's left of her is a skeleton that falls to the ground and Baron burns with such an intense fiery flame that all that is left of Baron Samiti is a pile of ash and small bits that you can see that perhaps is left of bone and nothing remains of him to say that he ever existed except that black pile. I run over to Lanris. He's on fire. Like half the room, he is also on fire. I'm going to put fire. him out. I'm going to roll him around. Okay. And then I'm going to hit him with a hemochem. Does the force wall go down? Yes, you hear it shatter. So, Victor, you've run over, you've healed him. At the same time, Kintaro runs over and he comes to Lanris' side. And he just throws his helmet off. And, and he's, he's like, crying. And he's, like, trying to, to shake Lanris awake. Hey, you okay, man? You all right? Lanris. Lanris, come on, buddy. Come on, are you okay? Did you get him? Hey, I don't want to, you know, just... Pat my own did back. you get him? Pat my own back here, but I was I was pretty pretty awesome back there. It was pretty great. Where is he? Um, blowing in the wind. King Tara points to the black smudge on the ground. <sighs> and he hugs you. You're not even up yet. He just hugs you on the ground. Oh, hold me, hold me, hold me. I, I I close my eyes and like clench my fists and yell because the temporal accelerator is running out and I'm taking con damage. He holds you through it. And he says, I tried to get to you. I tried to get to you so hard I couldn't break down that wall. Just <laughs> be quiet for a second. Uh. The surge of pain comes around your body as your nervous system deals with the accelerator turning off. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. You're okay. <sighs> and Taro's just like full force crying. I tried to get you. I tried to help you. I know, I know. W- would, you, would you say fate was trying to keep us apart? He, he hits you in the shoulder, but it hurts too much. Someone... Someone destroy the ashes. Hope's already gone over to the ashes, and she's like, you know, you guys took up like a drone from the battle, and she just shouts at this pile of ash, Wish yourself back from that! Yeah, you guys can go without me. I'm just gonna... Still gotta blow this thing up. And Kentaro, like, helps pick you up. No, we gotta blow this thing up. 
And you hear the, the fighting. You can now hear, even though there's still some of the sounds of fire, you don't have the sound of blazing hellhounds anymore. You can hear the fighting of Elson and his crew out there, and you hear less and less gunshots. We, we gotta move. That means the, ro- the robots don't use guns. What robots have you been fighting? They use boom, boom, boom things. They don't use guns. They use blades. <laughs> El- Elson uses guns. We gotta move. All right. All right. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get this thing blown up. As you say that to Hannibal, Hannibal's on the ground and he's not moving. Oh no! I go over and check on him. As you turn him over, acrid smelling black smoke is coming out of his headpiece. Have you ever smelled uh, electronics burn? Yep. It's a very distinct, terrible acrid odor. You smell that just pouring out of his his helmet. Guys, I think Hannibal's dead. No, 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 no. Grab him. Grab the Silex. He de- he deserves to be honored. I grab the explosives and swing them over my shoulder, and then I try to pick up Hannibal to kind of drag him along. I'm, I'm going to need help, I think. Uh, you got it, big guy? Kentaro goes over. Yeah, I, you okay, though? I'll be f- fine. I, I look down, and I'm probably, like, really burnt. And Kentaro goes over, and he helps you. How about you, Kentaro? Can't really see past the armor. The explosion didn't get you too bad, did it? No, no, it just messed up my helmet. Good. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. We gotta keep going. And Hope's just still, like, just heaving over the, the, the ashes. I, I go over and put my hand on her shoulder. And she, like, like, almost gets ready to hit you, but stops herself. There's, like, a tear in my eye. Are you okay? Your wish was granted. Why do you have to make me do it twice, huh? Twice! I had to kill my own dad twice! You won now. It's over. You, you fulfilled your destiny, right? Not till these towers are torn to the ground. Let's go do that. I kick the she ashes. She kicks the... What? <laughs> I was, I was saying I was kicking the ashes. Are we both kicking the ashes? <laughs> you can kick it. We all go in we and both, kick no, the ashes. No, we both kick the ashes. We both... You, you kick it and they spread across the room. You hear the sounds of bones clinking around. And you hear a ting, 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 ting. And she, she goes over to see what it was. And the coin that was his remains there. And she, she picks it up. She puts it in her pocket. Guess that's my inheritance. Telling you, just take the one side. The gunfire almost completely stops. Let's. We gotta go. You guys rush through this area. You get to this sort of observatory room, and it leads to an open face of the building that leads to a, the direction of the center tower, and you can see it so far away. Before you lies a console. It's to activate a bridge to lead to this center tower. Kentaro kind of gestures to you, Victor, and he goes, "You're the engineer." Yeah, I go look at it and do. Do my mojo. You activate it, and a bridge of light is made between your tower and the center tower, a hard light bridge that you're able to walk across. Light bridges are something that's rarely seen. You know a little bit about them more than anybody else. They're sort of like, you know, don't, I wouldn't touch your skin to it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rub your face against it, but your shoes and stuff will be fine. I like kind of step on it and like testing it. It's stable. However, the distance is massive, and you can hear the dark troopers now breaking through the debris that you've left behind. Hope kind of looks at you guys and goes, Baron did us in. There's no more time left. We wasted too much fighting him. We try crossing now. We won't be able to make it across before they get to the controls. They'll just turn the bridge off and we'll fall to our death. Kentaro says, uh, Landry's, uh, Victor is the only one that knows how to work this stuff, the, to, to set it into the machinery right. You, you all go across, all right? I'll stay here. I'll buy the time you need. No, I'm staying too. Landris. No, you go, man. You live. I'll have nothing left, Kentaro. And Hope says, you can't hold them all off by yourself, Kentaro. And Kentaro grabs by the shoulders and he puts his head in the crook of your neck and says, 
Isn't there a way you can get across? You lived so long without me, you can you can go on without me. I'm just an old man who slows you down. Guitar, I lost... I lost my parents. I lost my sister. I just... I've never... I've never really been a good person. I just want to do something for once in my life that I'm proud of. Kentaro, with tears in his eyes, kisses you deeply. And what seems like too short, he separates from you. He holds your hand and he stands right next to you and he faces the rest of the crew and he says, You guys get going. We'll buy you all the time you need. Hope nods, a respectful nod. You got this, Vic? Yeah, I got it. You're gonna be a good dad. Yeah. Victor, you still got those grenades you got off those guys? Y- yes You mind if I borrow them? No. Good luck. Landris, I... You're my best friend, you know. Landris smiles. You're my best friend too, Vic. The sound of an explosion down the hallway where you came from. Go prove I owe my day wrong. I take off running. As the dark troopers are making their way to you, uh, Kintaro, like, points to a high space. Up there is probably good for you. You can get uh, sight of him there. I'll stay down here with the vortex gun and try to keep him back in your line of fire. And you see, like, he slings, like, the bandolier of grenades across his shoulder. I want to be right here. He smiles. I don't think tactics are going to win us this one. And Kintaro and Landris together turn as the dark troopers break through the door and head at them countless numbers. And they fight and they fight. And as they struggle to keep them at bay, as Hope and Victor run across this bridge, they don't look back for fear that it would slow them down the one second that would do them in. After Lanris and Kintaro beat back this first wave of dark troopers, barely, with more on their way, they lie bloodied and beaten together on the ground, with barely enough life left in them to fight. Kintaro grabs your hand, and he looks at you. How you doing, buddy? So far, so good. He places the bandolier of grenades in between you. Together, you both put your hands on one of the timers. Kintaro smiles at you. (laughs) Lanner smiles back. I'm proud of this. Dark troopers flood into the room, and just as they get to you, Victor, you hear an absolute enormous explosion that could only be several explosives going off at once. And you do dare to look back and you see a bout of flame and fire and smoke rise from behind you and hope grabs you and pulls you off of the bridge as it turns off and you have made it. Lanris, it doesn't come with pain. It doesn't come slowly All at once, there's nothing. And the world forms around you out of a formless black twisting void. And you find yourself standing outside, looking in through a window, just like your dream. You look inside and there's the sound of of happiness inside. There's the sound of of joy. And, And you wipe the mist the condensation away from the window, and you can now finally see inside. And inside, this room is a party. And in attendance are all the friends you've made over your life. You see Tar and Koba dancing. You see Tally playing the piano. 
And then you hear the sound of a train stop. <laughs> Willoughby! Next stop's Willoughby. And you turn around to face this train. You've got your ticket. You pat your pockets. And you find something. And you pull out a ticket. Lanris Malleus one-way ticket to Willoughby. Take one last look behind you at this party happening and the people that look so happy. You see your sister. She's laughing at a joke someone made. But the train's here. And as you go to go up the steps to this train, you look in the window and you see your father and mother sitting in the train next to each other, staring forward with lifeless eyes. And the conductor says, All aboard! Last call for Willoughby! This is the last train to Willoughby. And you put your hands on the rails and you step up on this train. And the moment before your foot, the arc of your foot leaves the ground, you're stopped by a hand that goes onto your shoulder. And you turn to look to see who it was. And it's Kentaro. And Kentaro looks at you and says, this isn't your train. And he holds his hand out. You look back at the train and you see your mother and father sitting there silently you look back at him and you take his hand and he leads you off of the steps and he leads you to the door to the room and he opens it up and you're washed with a golden light coming from this room and your sister looks up at you raises a glass to you and nods and you step in as you step into this room you hear the train leave behind you as it leaves the station without you. You smile at Kentaro and he smiles at you as he closes the door. And Landris and Kentaro are seen no more. Victor is crying as he's entering into the tower. You and Hope are beaten and battered. You make your way through the hallways. You have the schematics. You know exactly where to go. You're an engineer. You know how they designed this place. This is exactly where you need to go. And you find exactly where you need to place the Silex to blow this whole tower. And you know to place it just the right spots. And you tell her how to do it. And both of you place them into the machinations of this, the alien machinations of this machine. Hope kind of looks at you and says, Victor, none of this happened the way I wanted it to. No, me neither. I'm sorry you had to come here just to go through all of this. She smiles a sad smile. It's fine. I'm I'm ready to stop fighting. I'm ready for it to end. <laughs> me too. Hope closes her eyes as a tear escapes the closed lid. She sighs a wavering sigh of finality. Do it. It's about time I get a break. I pull out the detonator. And I look at it. And I just say, uh, to no one really, but... I love you, Sarah. You take care of our child. And I hit the button. It feels like nothing, Victor. And for a few moments, you really think you're dead. But it rushes all too real that you're not. And you open your eyes, and nothing happened. What is... 
What is this? I hooked it up right. Hope? Hit it again. I hit it. Nothing happens. What the? I shake it. <laughs> you hear it rattle. And you sort of turn the detonator over to look at it and go right to work. And when you open it, the inside of the detonator is burnt and destroyed. Just like Hannibal was. The detonator's damaged. And I don't think I can repair it. What? I don't I don't have the, the parts and the pieces. I don't have them here. And she, she grabs and she's like holding in her hands uselessly. No, no. No, that monster. And Hope just sits down where she is and she cries. Victor, the dark troopers, the ones that have jetpacks, begin making their way to you. In these last moments before your inevitable death, what do you do? I look around. I'm like looking to see how can I set these things off? You look around and there's nothing in this room but a gigantic window to look outside. There's nothing to help you repair. There's nothing you can use to set off the Silex. You know Silex, designed to be the most stable explosive in existence. The detonators split atoms. You can't do that with anything else. I, at first panicking as I'm looking around and I realize I can't put this thing out. I can't make it explode. And then I just like try to center myself and I just say, I'm here. Ioma Day, I'm doing what you want me to do. Why can't I do it? Help me do it. And you hear answering you from over at the window as you see Ioma Day standing there in her armor with her helmet in her hand and her sword in the sheath. Looking out the window at the city below you, she says, Because, Victor, you didn't make the wish. She did. What? You wished for a chance to stop what happened in your world from ever happening. Consider your wish granted. You're the answer. Without you, what would have happened? Baron would have died at the hands of the AAA in that little prison cell, either because they finally made him talk or because he didn't. Then who would have been here to stop Victor and Landris? They let him out because of you, set into motion the events that led us to this very moment. If only I had my strength to see it earlier. And this entire platform begins to shake. You feel it shake as it begins to separate from the pillars that hold it up from Lower Kadesh. This, this doesn't make any sense, doesn't it? And Victor, you see out of the window all the armies laid out before you, climbing into vertebrates, preparing to make war. Hope, in your time, did an army of technological soldiers invade your world? Of course not, because Lanris and Victor, among others, stopped them right here 56 seconds ago. But instead, you came, and you forever changed the course of this world's future and yours. And you see all the vertebrates begin to lift off, and you see underneath you, you're at the, you can see at the edge of the platform, of this upper platform, you see Lower Kadesh, and then you see it bathed in a blue light, and then you see it go away. It doesn't burn, the buildings don't collapse, they vaporize top to bottom, and all that is left is a flat planet with nothing but the silhouettes of the people that were destroyed. And the world around you, the sky, is white and black 
and purple and green as it mixes and goes past you at incredible speeds. And Iomade says, you've traded your world's death for this one's. Funny how things seem to balance out cosmically that way, huh? And now you will return to your home world, and your world will avoid its clockwork fate, and instead be served a cybernetic one. Wish granted. And, and hope still collapsed on the floor is overwhelmed. This isn't what I meant to happen. It doesn't matter what you meant. The ring was given a wish and it tried to make it happen. I didn't care. It's not trying to hurt anyone or help them. It's simply trying to fulfill an enormous wish without regard to ethics or reason. That's the wishmaker's job. Victor is in shock. He just watched everything he knew burn to the ground. I thought you were here to help us. I tried, Victor. I did my best. But my power was given me too late. Now, what is there for me now? I, I, I don't understand. Iomade turns to look at you. And she walks over to you. She doesn't, like, put her hand on your shoulder or anything like that. But you see what you can only ever, from this moment to the rest of your life, describe as the most genuine care you've ever seen anyone gift to another person. Victor, now you fight. I didn't want to fight. I wanted to die. I wanted to give my wife and child a chance. Now I fight. Now I fight what? I fight who? You fight the one who took them from you. Baphomet will return to your homeworld with us. You have seen the results of his machinations, the desires of his heart, and how he tears at the innocent and guilty alike to fulfill them. You are my champion. I will be with you, and I charge you with stopping him. I just slap my shoulders. <sighs> okay. I... I'll go. Iomade turns back to the window and looks at the twisting nether surrounding you. And there's a few moments of silence. The colors swirl at a rapid pace. And you hear Iomade say to you, so, Victor, you're ready to keep fighting, then. Well, you better be. Because Victor... And then there is a high-pitched sound that makes your ears hurt. A white light that spreads all around you. And then laid out before you, as you see out this window, is a blue sky, clouds, on the ground, trees, and forests, and green. And you know what it says? Welcome home.
Inside my heart.